So good morning listeners and welcome to Come and See Inspirations being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And it's the 1st of September, it's the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Gilly, and I'd especially like to welcome our listeners who are housebound, lonely or struggling in some way today, and our listeners who support us in prayer each week. Thank you for spending this hour with us. As we share faith topics each week uh, for the inspiration and the upbuilding of faith for us all. Our programme is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at budspread.com. If you just Google come and see inspirations, you'll find us there. And also uh, all of our programmes, as I said before, are available on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. If you want to con- con- contact us at all, um, our text number here is 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Contact us by email if you wish, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. Now again this week I've decided to pick um, a programme from the past, a recording from the past that we recorded actually a few years ago now at this particular stage. Uh, Lorraine Buckley joined myself and Anne one evening and we had a beautiful hour of adoration here in the studio. We recorded some meditations from that and some music from that. So we invite you to to listen to that this morning as we uh, spend some time with the Lord so with this part of the programme, I'd like to play a recording that I made with Father Frank Duick recently on a series, which we hope to continue each week, a series on the Mass. And Father Frank reflects with us again this week on part two of the series. So we'll ask you to, to listen to Father Frank, and then we'll continue on with the programme, as I said, we made a few years ago with Lorraine Buckley uh, on the Eucharistic Adoration. So continuing on our reflections, on Father Frank's reflections on the Mass, uh, again, we welcome back again Father Frank this week. And I suppose a question to ask Father Frank this week would be, so it would appear that, that it was a matter of great importance to Jesus to leave us this gift of the Eucharist before his return to the Father. Why do you think this is so important to Jesus? I see the Eucharist, the Mass, as Jesus' parting gift to us. You see, Jesus came on earth to sacrifice himself for us and to redeem us. This was God's most powerful way of expressing his love for us. And Jesus knew that what was about to happen in those days immediately after the Last Supper would change our world, our lives forever. When Jesus would offer himself on the cross, body and blood, for our salvation. And knowing as he did how significant those events of Good Friday and Easter Sunday would be for humankind for all time, Jesus wanted to leave us a way of reenacting and connecting with the momentous events of his death and resurrection. What happened on Calvary was that Jesus gave himself body and blood for us and that is what is reenacted for us in the Mass. This passion, death and resurrection of Christ is known as the mystery of our faith. 
We will all be familiar with the acclamation of our faith after the consecration, where the priest says the mystery of our faith and the congregation respond with Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Or another response is, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. So when Jesus gave us the gift of the Eucharist, he enables us to connect forevermore with this great mystery and to reenact it. And of course, what Jesus does at Mass is give us the gift of himself, his body and blood. No greater gift can anyone give than to lay down one's life for one's friends, Scripture tells us. And of course, we make this connection with the cross at every Mass, which begins with the sign of the cross. So at this point, we'll go for our first bit of music. And this morning, we've taken one by John Michael Talbot from his album, Troubadour for the Lord. And this one is entitled, Come, let us worship the Lord. Come. Worship the Lord For we are His people The flock that He shepherds Alleluia Oh 
O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Common Sea Studios. My name is Lorraine Buckley, joined this morning by John and Anne Keeley. And of course, we are also joined by a wonderful guest this morning, Jesus in the Most Blessed Sacrament. So this morning, we are going to be speaking about... Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, and we thought no better way to do it than in his very presence. And we begin by just realizing that Jesus waits for us in the sacrament of love, in the sacred host he is present, the true treasure always waiting for us. Only by adoring this presence do we learn how to receive him properly. So one might ask, what is Eucharistic Adoration? And understood simply, Eucharistic Adoration is just adoring or honouring the Eucharistic presence of Jesus. 
In a deep sense, it involves the contemplation or thinking about the mystery of Jesus truly present before us. So during Eucharistic adoration, we watch and we wait. We can remain silent or we can speak aloud. We open ourselves up to his graces which flow from the Eucharist because by worshipping the Eucharistic Jesus, we become what God wants us to be. Like a magnet, the Lord draws us to himself and gently transforms us. So in its fullest sense, a Eucharistic adoration is God and us reaching out for each other at the same time. The Eucharist is Jesus truly present, body, blood, soul and divinity. At the moment of consecration during the Mass, the gifts of bread and wine are transformed, what we say is transubstantiated, into the actual body and blood of Jesus this means that they are not only spiritually transformed, but they are actually tra substantially transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. What remains are only the outer appearances. So even though it tastes and smells and looks like bread and wine, it really is Jesus present. And Jesus instituted this holy sacrament of the Eucharist in order to remain with us until the end of time. And we remember that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So because we believe as Catholics that Jesus is truly and substantially present in the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament is given the same adoration and devotion that is accorded to Jesus. So normally at the beginning of exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, a priest or a deacon or indeed a layperson, if uh, no priest or deacon is available, removes the sacred host from the tabernacle and places it in the monstrance on the altar for adoration. Now, monstrance is the vessel used in the church to display the consecrated Eucharistic host during Eucharistic adoration or benediction. And the word monstrance comes from the Latin monstrare, just meaning to expose. When the monstrance contains the sacred host, you might often see the priest wearing a humeral veil, and that is a white band of cloth that covers his shoulders, his humera, and his pleats on the inside in which he places his hands so that he doesn't touch the host with his hands. And of course, as we know, at all other times, the Blessed Sacrament is kept locked in the tabernacle so that we may pray in the presence of Jesus at all times. Then perpetual adoration is Eucharistic adoration round the clock, that is 24 hours a day. A holy hour, as the name suggests, lasts for an hour. Adoration ceremonies traditionally include the word of God, hymns, prayers and time for silent adoration. The really, really important thing to know is that Jesus waits for us in the Blessed Sacrament. He waits for our little acts of faith, adoration, love, thanksgiving, repentance, reparation and charity that we can offer him as we contemplate his divine mercy in the Blessed Sacrament.
St. Alphonsus Liguri wrote, Of all devotions, that of adoring Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament is the greatest after the sacraments. The one nearest to God and the one most helpful to us. So the Eucharist is a priceless treasure. By not only celebrating the Eucharist, but also by praying before the Eucharist outside of Mass, we are enabled to make contact with the very wellsprings of grace. I heard it once described that just as any time we sit under the sun, we get a suntan. And just as we sit before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we receive all the graces that he wants to give us. And our first attitude before the Blessed Sacrament must be one of adoration. As we read that Jesus is truly present here before us, so we bring our prayers of adoration to him.
we adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. We are privileged to have Jesus here with us in the Blessed Sacrament this morning. But maybe you are at home listening to us from your home or from your car or wherever it may be, but know that Jesus is there with you too. He is living amongst us. He is living in us. And the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. Day and night, Jesus dwells in the Blessed Sacrament because of his infinite love for us. Jesus gives us his body so that he can nourish us, strengthen us and give us his own life. And lest we be blinded by his glory, he humbles himself to come to us in the humble species of the host. Behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world, because I have loved you with an everlasting love, and constant is my affection for you. And Jesus says to us, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Maybe you are tired because of the burden of your duties. Maybe you are frustrated because things in your life haven't worked out quite as you wanted them to. Maybe you're disappointed because people misunderstand you. Perhaps you are heavy laden with guilt from past sins. Are you trying to find hope and meaning in your life? Jesus says, do not lose heart. Abandon yourself to him in this sacrament of love and he will refresh you. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you will come away feeling renewed and healed. Miracles of conversion, peace, discovery of vocations, answers to prayers, physical healings and many other wonderful things happen where and when the Lord is adored in the Blessed Sacrament. They are gifts that point to the Almighty Giver and testify to his real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Let us love being with the Lord. There we can speak to him about everything. We can offer him our petitions, our concerns, our troubles, our joys, our gratitude, our disappointments, our needs and our aspirations. Above all, we can remember to pray, Lord, send laborers into your harvest. Help me to be a good worker in your vineyard. When asked what would save the world, Mother Teresa said, my answer is prayer. What we need is for every parish to come before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament in holy hours of prayer. And Jesus also reminds us to remain in him as he remains in us. We grow spiritually every moment we spend with Jesus. Through our adoration, Jesus calls us to a personal relationship to become his friends and his followers, 
to remain in him and to remain in his love. He promises that all those who remain tightly bonded to him will bear much fruit and their love will be complete. For without him, we can do nothing. Through this friendship, we are inspired and strengthened to take on life's challenges, to carry our daily cross with a new attitude and to become a new creation. In other words, to become more and more like Jesus.
true Eucharistic adoration, we proclaim Jesus to the world. Eucharistic adoration is an affirmation of our faith. And through this vigil of prayer, we give witness to our belief that God is truly dwelling with his people. And while he is dwelling with us, Jesus says, Love one another as I have loved you. Eucharistic adoration helps us to build a community of love. The Eucharist is the sacrament of unity, Jesus unifying his people. Through the personal love that one shares with the Saviour, one is more able to grasp the reality that we are the whole body of Christ. And it also gives us the opportunity to pray as a community. Prayers as a community, especially intercessory prayer for the needs of the community and the world, can help to build a civilization of love, to transform the world. The prayers that we can say draw the world and everybody in the world closer to Jesus and to God the Father for his blessing. And the next time you look at a monstrance, take a close look. The monstrance draws all eyes to the sacred host and it seems to be surrounded by rays like the sun. Similarly, we are called to be a living monstrance, radiating the presence of the Lord who dwells in us. In other words, when people see us, They should see some aspect of Jesus, whether it is our kindness, our generosity, our patience, our love. People should see Jesus in Christians. The monstrance is very often surmounted by a cross. And what does that tell us? Let us look again at Jesus in the monstrance who humbles himself to come before us in the host. Let us reflect on our own life situations that call us to humility. Are we humble as God wants us to be? Do we bear our crosses daily? Are we patient and temperate? Do we have self-control? If we are imitating Jesus like this, Jesus grows in us so that we become more like him. And we become so like Jesus throughout our life that we will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. And a taste of heaven already awaits us in Eucharistic adoration. The earth is joined to heaven each time we are united with the saints and the angels in praising God, who in worship we see, if not with the sight of eyes, then with the eyes of faith. We are called to abide in the Eucharistic presence of Jesus, like the saints and the angels do in heaven all the time. They behold the glory of God and sing his praise. The saints and the angels wait upon the Lord and do his will in all things. When we look upon the sacred host, we look at Jesus, the Son of God.
We don't see him in all his glory and majesty. He comes to us very humbly, but still our lips must proclaim his praise. Do our souls magnify the Lord? Do we make him clearer, more in focus and larger to those around us? Do we place the needs of others before him? Are we open to the will of God? Do we strive for perfection in our spiritual lives so that we too may join the company of saints in heaven? It is at this moment when we are most intimately in communion with God that we experience a taste of heaven, a foreshadowing of what it will be like. And Jesus says, Indeed, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks upon the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Him I will raise up on the last day. Sacramento, 
we grow in love for Jesus with every encounter. In John chapter 21, verse 16, Jesus asks Peter the question that will determine his whole life. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now we have to put ourselves back in Peter's shoes for a minute and remember that this is the risen Jesus speaking to Peter. And at this time, Peter had denied Jesus three times before he was crucified. And we've all made mistakes. We've all denied Jesus in different ways. But Jesus is still asking each of us the same question he asked Peter. Do you love me? Those of us who have an experience of love know that true love sets no conditions. It simply loves and yet it must be nurtured and nourished by intimacy, closeness and regular contact. It is the same with time spent with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. How can our encounters with the Lord not cause us to fall more and more in love with him? As we yield to such love, it will prompt a hunger for the word of God and scripture and for the sacraments as we seek it to know and experience Jesus on a deeper level. It will make us remember him throughout the day. Inspire us to do little things just for Jesus and try and make ourselves more attractive to him by lives of purity and holiness. And holiness, again, as a reminder, is just being like Jesus, to love as he loves. And yet we should not feel discouraged if we cannot fully love him because Jesus assures us that he will always love us with a love that surpasses all. In Psalm 63 we read, O God, you are my God, for you I long. And the psalmist longs for divine life, which is based on a close relationship with God. This verse of the psalm beautifully expresses the intimate relationship between God and the one who worships him in his holy temple. Such must be our love and our total self-giving to Jesus exposed on the altar. O God, you are my God, for you I long, for you my body yearns, for you my soul thirsts like a land parched, lifeless and without water. So I look to you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory. For your love is better than life. My lips offer you worship. I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands, calling on your name. My soul shall savour the rich banquet of praise. With joyous lips my mouth shall honour you. Jesus asks us for so little, and yet he gives us so much. This, the Eucharist, the whole Christ, is his gift to everyone. Whether we are young or old, sick or healthy, 
poor or rich, only by regularly partaking in the sacrifice of the Holy Mass and Eucharistic adoration can we reap immense blessings for our lives. The Blessed Sacrament is the living fountain of life where we drink in the love of Christ who alone quenches our thirst. Thus, our time spent with our beloved Saviour in adoration can become the most profound, meaningful, joyful, peaceful and healing experience we could ever encounter.
what can we do during private Eucharistic adoration? Perhaps it's been a while since we've been before the Lord. Perhaps it's been a while since we visited a church and we're not quite sure what we can do. In fact, the best thing you can do is nothing. You can sit quietly and just be in the presence of God. Think of a visit to the Blessed Sacrament as coming to see your best friend. Sit quietly and enjoy being in each other's companies. And instead of talking to the Lord, try listening to what he wants to tell you. Father Benedict Groeschel points out a number of different things and different ways of praying and listening and being with the Lord that we can do during Eucharistic adoration. And he suggests that perhaps we might like to pray the Psalms or the Liturgy of the Hours. Because whether you are praising or giving thanks or asking for forgiveness or seeking an answer, there's always a Psalm to match it. The ancient prayer of the church called the Liturgy of the Hours an excellent way to pray through the Book of Psalms throughout the year. Another very, very beautiful way of praying before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament is to repeat in a kind of a meditative way, in a little mantra, the Jesus Prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you can even match it to your breaths when you're breathing in, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and breathing out, have mercy on me, a sinner. We breathe in Jesus and we breathe out our worries. We might like to listen to God and the best way to listen to God is to listen to what Jesus and what God has said to us through scripture. And there are many different ways to do this. We can choose a passage at random from the Bible. But if you want to spend some time with Scripture and hearing what Scripture wants to say to you and what God wants to say to you through Scripture, you can pick a book of the Bible and read your way through it. Or you can pick the Gospel of the day or the readings of the day and read what the entire church throughout the world is reading that day. And don't try to read too much scripture at the one time. It's not like reading any other book. But pay special attention to anything that strikes you. What is God saying to you today? Another way of spending some time with Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament is by reading the lives of the saints and then praying with him or her. So Whichever saint, it doesn't really matter because all the saints are icons of Christ. In other words, they show us a glimpse of what Christ is like and who he is. So we can read about them and then ask them to help us. We might be reading about St. Therese of Lisieux and admiring the way in which she loved in small things, which were actually great things. And we might ask her to pray for us that we can do small things with great love like her. Another beautiful way to spend some time with Jesus is just to pour out our heart to him and adore him. Jesus already knows everything in your heart. 
but he's like a really good friend who knows that if you say it to him, if you pour it out to him, that there is something beautiful in that too. And he wants us to share with him all that is going on in our life. We also ask for forgiveness. Pope Francis described himself as a sinner because that is who we are. We all fall short of the mark in different ways. So we ask God to forgive us and to strengthen us and to help us on our journey. And we also pray for others. We are part of the body of Christ and we pray for all those parts of the body of Christ that are in need. Another lovely way is to pray the rosary. St. John Paul reminds us that when we pray the rosary, we contemplate the face of Christ with Mary. We sit with Mary at the school of Mary and she teaches us about Jesus. Yeah. 